You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. We have an interview today with Jessica J. I'm so excited to be interviewing Jessica because she is fun. She is got a lot of energy. She's just a really great person and a great person to be talking to. And she has had a YouTube channel for a little while now and it's really growing. And that's not the reason why I have her on the podcast. We know each other. And I even say that in the interview, we talk about how we've known each other for many years and she has some really great advice. And I'm really excited today to be talking about some of the red flags that women notice in men. So again, this isn't the red flags that women have when you're dating a woman and you're like, oh, red flag, I shouldn't be dating her. This is from the woman's point of view. What are the red flags that she sees when she's dating a guy like you? And we go into, I think around four or five or six of them that are really awesome. And of course, I chime in, I give some of my opinion on it. But really, it's just great because I haven't done an episode like this. And I'm really excited to, to talk about this, to talk about the red flags that women see in you. So if you're dating right now, if you are active in meeting women, these are some things that you can work on, that you can fix so that you are more attractive and just a better human all in general, right? Things that are just good for you whether you're dating or not. That's what I love about this podcast is because a lot of the information, although it's about dating, goes so much further. So you're again, you're two for one here. So it's pretty awesome. Now, if you feel at this moment that you're struggling, a lot of guys have been reaching out for coaching lately. The applications have been increasing, even though I know I talk about it a lot on the podcast. There was a little bit of a dip there because of COVID, right? People are like, oh, can't go out, can't meet girls. And so, you know, anyone who did sign up, we worked more on online dating. But right now, there's a, an increase in applications I've noticed because people are really interested in getting back out there and doing approaches because things are opening back up. Now, if you're listening to this at a time when this is not relevant to you, uh, either way, it's still relevant to you and the fact that coaching is available to help you go out, meet women, do approaches, and be able to get as many leads as possible so you can filter for the right woman for you and even do it even if you're doing some casual dating versus you know the more girlfriend approach. So we help with both and I can help you in terms of getting more leads into the funnel, meeting more women, attracting them and having the type of dating life that you've always desired. I know that sounds too good to be true, but I've worked with all ages, all races, people who have different types of jobs, who have different types of hobbies, different types of personalities. I've worked with every single person known to man in terms of all the different categories. So don't think you won't fit. I can help you. I'm trying to help as many guys as I can. So if you want that help, go to coachedbytrip.com today and apply so you and I can hop on a phone call and then you and I can actually get you to the place where you want to be. Now, I don't want to sound like so many people are applying where you can't apply, you won't get through. You will get through. I read every single application, every single one. Of course, people are sometimes disqualified right away because they're under 18 or you know they're just telling me that they're not really interested in doing coaching it's funny i have a question on the application that says you know are you ready to do this and some people are like no i'm not ready at this time no that's fine don't know why you filled out an application but for the rest of you who are ready to take this to the next level i'm here to help you coachedbytrip.com is where to apply all right let's get to the interview here's my interview with Jessica talking about the red flags that women notice in men check it out Hey, Jessica, what's going on? Good to be talking to you on the podcast. First hey. time. 
Great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, geez, it's kind of surprising I'm, I'm having you on now. You and I have known each other for quite some time. We've both been in the dating coaching scene for a while. And you, you have an awesome YouTube channel that gives great advice and is very popular. And so it's just great to have you on the podcast and introduce you to some of the guys who listen to How to Talk to Girls. Awesome. I'm super honored to be here. And I was actually just thinking about that when I was blowing, blow drying my, blowing my hair. Ew. When I was blow drying my hair earlier, I was like, Wait, who's hair? Who's hair? I was like, how long have we known each other? We've, long, we've known each other a long freaking time. I can't, I can't believe we've never done this. I know. And I'm really excited too, because the topic you brought up, because I always ask, you know, interviewees, I'm like, what, you know, what do you want to talk about? What do you like to talk about? And the first thing you said, because I'm not going to lie there. Sometimes I sit down with someone, I'm like, Hey, what do you want to talk about? And they're like, Oh, let's talk about this. I'm like, no, that's good. But I've talked about that a billion times or "Eh, that's not so interesting. What else you got? (laughs) Sometimes I go on like, "Eh," and then finally on like a fifth round, like, okay, we found one. But for you, you got something. We never, I never talk about this. I talk about the opposite, right? Like I talk about red flags that like you need to look out for, for women. But but this is interesting. The red flags that women are looking out for in men. And of course, I'm only going to be talking about this with a woman because you experience this. And and I even would love to hear some stories if you're willing to share of red flags that you found on dates. (laughs) I would love to get them. And you know, it's so funny because being a dating coach for men also, yeah, it's like, hey, watch out for these women. They're not as great as you think they are. But like, how many times do we turn around and say to ourselves, well, wait a minute, I'm not as sex as successful as I want to be. How great am I really? Right. So I feel like to be able to turn the camera back on yourself is a really, it's a really brave and it's a really necessary part of this whole dating process that a lot of people really never get to. But I feel like the the guys and even the women, the people who are able to really look at themselves and be like, wait a minute, how great of a partner am I? I think these are the people that really find great results. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about this real quick. How did you get started in all of this? And and how long have you been doing it for? Well, what a funny story. Um, So I was a marriage and family therapist. Oh God, way back in the day. And I remember it's it's a very stressful job to be a marriage and family therapist. And when they start you off in the field, you have like the worst cases possible. So I worked with, so I'm just going to say it was, you know, pro bono free for people who couldn't afford it. And these are usually the people who need it the most. I'm talking like, you know, addicts, rapists, murderers, basically people that like you would never, ever think like, well, let's delve into your relationship with your father. You know what I mean? So it was a very stressful time in my early twenties. So I was like to go, I was like serial dating in Hollywood. So what I started doing was I started blogging about all my experiences as a single woman living in Hollywood in my early twenties on the side. And that's when I realized, you know, I don't think I want to be a marriage and family therapist anymore. I can't tell you how many times I have to sit there and listen to another person be like, oh yeah, um, my father was murdered. And, you know, you can't exactly cry or be like, what? You know what I mean? (laughs) So it was, uh, I was like, I think I want to be a writer. I think I just want to fuck, write, and write about fucking. So I eventually 
got picked up by an instructional porn company, which is basically half-assed instructional videos combined with half-assed porno. And I, I, think, I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think you do too. But, uh, you know, I wrote as their blonde-haired, big-titty bombshell. I was like this little nerdy Asian, like, in the corner, writing about, like, the tantalizing tongue twister. So, like, and I was seeing, like, how well these guys were doing. And, you know, I'm sitting here doing what I love. And I was like, why can't I use my face? Why can't I use my name? Um, and then that's basically where my whole brand started. Um, so I so you were like, oh, I, I, I'm giving this advice. I could do this. Why right. don't I do this I for myself? <laughs> I was trained as a therapist. I'm pretty sure I could dial it down to help people with dating. And, you know, I just, I really thrived on that. Um, it was where I was in my life. So I had such a great passion for it. Um, and, you know, they always say, well, they don't always say, but I read that article with Kylie Jenner about like, you know, she's a billionaire now because like she hated her lips and then she got lip injections. Now she has lip kits. And it was something along the line of like your greatest pain will help you build your greatest success or your greatest passion. And, you know, I came from a place where I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to connect with people. I was very introverted and shy as a kid. And, you know, my parents were your typical Asian parents, like do better, do good in school. Like, that's it. Like, they're not going to tell me, like, no, you did great. Let's, let's hug each other and watch Seinfeld. Like that wasn't my upbringing. So like this was stuff that I was... That was kind of my upbringing. Really? (laughs) And to the point of even watching Seinfeld. Sorry. Yes, yes. So yeah, that's basically how I got into it. I was knee deep in it. In my personal life, I had already been trained in it in my professional life. Um, And here I am today, still really excited to help guys learn how to better connect with us women. So there you have it, my dear. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, let's get into it. All right. So what are some of the more hidden red flags that women are looking for when they're meeting a man? Now, I'd imagine that there's some crossover, right. but, uh, but, but I, I, there's got to be some different stuff. So, so what would you say are some of the hidden red flags? Also, I should ask this. Where are you coming up with these? Are in these personal? Are these things that you found from talking to your girlfriends? Like, Where, right. where have you found these? Well, you know what? So a lot of these come from a conversation I was having with my my friend and she was like, yeah, you know, she's job interviewing now, you know, with the whole COVID thing, everybody's gotten laid off. Everybody's frantically searching. So she's going on probably like four or five interviews a day, bless her heart. And one of the questions she always gets is what's your biggest weakness? And I don't know if you know, but you know, a lot of people, they're like, yeah, my biggest weakness is that like... Sometimes I'm too nice. Yeah. Sometimes I like work so hard. I'm so dedicated to my work, like (laughs) where it's really like making you look better. So I thought about like, okay, what are these strengths that men think they have as partners that women are really seeing as, ooh, that's actually not a good trait. So that's basically where I was like, okay, let me, let me think about this. Um, so yeah, I basically took what a lot of men and a lot of women see as desirable traits in a man and how they can be problematic. Got it. Okay, got it. So let's <laughs> let's get into it. What's one? Okay, number 
one is um, how uncomfortable or upset he is with you having guy friends. Now, you know. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. yeah. I mean, it's a super esteemable trait among men to be like, yeah, I would never let my girlfriend do this with dudes. And that's, but that's fine. You know, it's a very masculine trait to be competitive with other men. Right. Um, but if you're that guy who you come in, you meet this girl and you're like, um, sorry, you're not going to be friends with that guy anymore. That's a big red flag. And granted, like, you know, many of your guy friends may be like, yeah, I wouldn't let her be friends with him. Yeah. He's trying to fuck her. But at the end of the day, it is very, normal thing to have friends of the opposite sex. I agree. I agree. And, and if a man does that, he's jealous, right? Exactly. It's showing insecurity. It's, it's, it's interesting because the red flag there really, the underlying red flag is insecurity. Yes. And what I would say about that, it's not even just insecurity like, oh, I don't think I'm good looking enough. It's more so insecurity in your viability as a partner. Because it's not like you're upset that she's spending time with her girlfriends. You are literally seeing yourself as needing to compete with another dick. Like, you know, a lot of the times these guys who are like, oh, like your guy friends, it's not about like this guy's more successful, this guy's better looking. Cause sometimes the guy, the friends are like these schlubs are like, no, he's my brother. He's overweight and harmless. It's just the idea of another penis in her face, possibly. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and so what would your, be your advice to combat that? Right. So what can a guy do to, to, not display that red flag or, or, or that specific insecurity when that happens? What can a guy do if, if, if he meets a girl and she has, let's just go to the extreme, a bunch of guy friends? Right, right. Um, and you know, it's so funny, you bringing up um, what can a guy do to not really show that. And that's kind of a little bit of the issue is thinking that you can hide who you really are. If you really have a problem with all her girlfriends, you don't need to ask, what can I do for her to not have, or with all her guy friends, you don't need to ask, what can I do or say to her to make her not have so many guy friends? You need to ask yourself, what happened in my life that made me feel so insecure in who I am as a man? Here and comes the therapist. Yeah, here comes the therapist. You'll always find it. You know, nothing is ever personal. You know, a girl having three guy friends, it was never about you, ever. It's never going to be, and it never will be, or it never will be, it never was before. So if you're coming in there, when she already has her established life, what do you think? It, no good is going to come from one, you holding it in be like, okay, I'll just find a way to be okay with it. I'll just fucking find a way. You know, I always say that holding in your negative feelings creates illness and neurosis. So every guy listening right now, you probably know damn well you don't want to have to hold in all the negative things you want to say to a woman or all the negative things you're feeling about a relationship. It's not going to do anybody good. But you do need to find out where that's coming from if you do want to root it out. I also think... So I, I agree with all that advice. I want to add something. Is that don't talk about all that stuff with her. I would not be the one to talk it out with her. Right. Like this is not a her problem. This is not a you and her problem. Right. This is a you problem. 
Right. And I, I, it just, it's, it doesn't do anything for you. I feel, I feel like it takes more than it gives. Like it's not going to make her see you. It's still going to make you look insecure, even if you're right. not showing jealousy, or even if you're just saying like right. that you're fixing it or you're working on it. It's like, right. you know what? Just work on it in your own private time yeah. with your therapist, with your friends, with right. your coaches. You know, like you said, don't hold it in. Work on it. Work on the right. underlying issue. Do it on your own time. Right. It's it's totally... And you know what? If you do know that like, oh, fuck, you know, I have a girlfriend who cheated on me or, you know, I was married. I found out the kid wasn't mine. That stuff, that stuff is all human stuff. If you want to be forthcoming, fine, but you don't need to... Well, you know that I'm the one who got cheated on. You know about my past. Yeah. You don't need to slam it in her face. You can be forthcoming about like, ah, all right, I slipped up. I said something nasty about your guy friends. I just want you to know like... There's some stuff that happened to me, depending on where you are in the relationship. Obviously, I, I always vouch for full disclosure. But yeah, you don't need to be sitting there and sounding off to her about, well, here's where it came from and here's why and here's what you can do to fix it. I mean, she's not gonna. You're the only person who can handle this. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. That was a really good one. I like that. I, I feel like we got some, some more good ones. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and you explained it very well. Gosh, I can't believe it took me so long to get you on the podcast. All right, let's so let's let's do another one. Okay, I, I feel like I'm looking at the time. I was like, oh man, I can't name all of them. Um, so I'm trying to like pick which ones. Um, but one of yeah, we'll, ones... we'll we'll do a few. I mean, we'll yeah, get you know, we, we got time here. We got time. Okay, I love it. Okay, so the next one is referring to women as hoe or slut. Okay. I, and you're laughing. What's making you laugh? No, I don't know. It's just it's funny. It's just funny. You know what? Um, you know, I, I think the reason why I'm laughing is because I can't imagine any of, of the guys who listen to how to talk to girls are gonna be saying that language. Like I can't imagine. Well, I you know what I'm saying? So as it's it's still great advice. I'm glad right. we should dive into this for sure, because right. you never know. Um, but like, hey, listen, I've I've said that before. What do you what do you right. think about bitch? By using the word bitch. You know, that I, there, I or? love that you said that. I really love that you said that because I had bitch written in there originally and I took it out. Um, and the reason I took it out is because I'll call anybody a bitch if they're mean. Like if a guy comes over here and he was like, oh, like your decor is stupid. <laughs> like, which man, and I would be like, wow, what a little bitch. You know what I mean? Like to me, bitch is now so gender neutral in our society that like... I don't know. I didn't really revere it as much. And the reason I went for hoe or slut is because there is a demeaning and shaming quality that is directed at a woman's sexuality. And she's not going to like that when she hears Well, that. and she's not going to like it. I mean, I have a story. So basically my girlfriend... Once upon a time, she was an up-and-coming pop star. She's now a successful pop star. Yay. But anyway, so she um, she's introducing me to this uh, this producer in the music industry. Um, and, you know, he's worked with everybody. I'm supposed to be so enamored. You know, you know what I mean? I'm supposed to be like, oh, my God, cool. And he, apparently he's... Him and I are talking and... He mentions, oh yeah, my ex-girlfriend, she she was such a slut. It didn't work out. And there was such a sting in my heart because I thought it was really cute. We were getting along, but there was such a sting like that went throughout my whole body that I was that I there was like this general, I don't want to say anxiety, but there was a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of um aggression when a woman hears a man refer to a woman as a hoe or a slut. 
because, you know, it's a little shaming in that she might've used her sexuality and it was against me. Whereas like, you know, if a guy and a girl are in a relationship, it doesn't work out because he cheated. You men will be like, oh yeah, you know, he cheated on her. But if a woman cheats, it's kind of like, oh yeah, because she was a slut. So it's very like, it's a, it's what you're doing is you're kind of giving away or giving up that you don't, see women at, or you don't, you might not accept women as these sexual creatures that they really are. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Also, what you're doing is you're reinforcing this double standard that, you know, and you're, and you're going to make her feel uncomfortable. Like you might, you want to make a woman that you're dating or that you just meet feel safe about sex because one of the things they need to be turned on and want you sexually is safety. Right. when I say safety, I'm talking more in the emotional sense, right? right? The non-judgment sense. So, this, so it, it's kind of deep here. If you're if you're talking about or using the language of slut or whore, right? Uh, you, you're basically you're saying that okay, you do have a judgment on women in a sense, right? And use that language, and you have a judgment on women who are uh, being slutty. It's interesting, even if you're not, even if you're just using it as a word to call a woman, even if you're not referencing her sexuality. Like even if you're not, you know, you're just saying, oh, she's such a hoe. Like even if it doesn't have to do with how many guys she slept with. So anytime you use that language, you're reinforcing that you do have a judgment on women who are having a lot of sex and uh, and that turns a woman off. That's my kind of very deep analysis of it. Right. And you know what? The reason it's so off-putting to women when you are dating, if you are on a date or you do have a sexual interest in her, is because she's going to want to get sexual with you. Are you, I would hope, I would think that you would want to be sexual with her. So when you refer to a woman's sexuality in such a shaming way, women won't feel good about being sexual with you. That's just the... Yep. Even if you're like, oh yeah, she was such a hoe in college. Maybe because you knew of her sleeping with, what, two of your friends? And maybe they're the only two people she's ever had sex with. But the fact that you can use that, yeah, in a way, you're showing your cards about what you really think about a woman who is sexual and is not good in our eyes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. What's uh, what's another one? Okay, the next one... <laughs> the next one is my favorite because... Okay. The next one is using work as your scapegoat. Um, and this one's my favorite because men in our society, especially are so revered for working really hard, making a lot of money, being overworked is a very positive trait. Um, but if you're the guy who's always like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I can't make it for, um, I'm a, I got a lot of work to do, or maybe you don't ask her personal questions or spend time to ask her about her day is you're like, listen, you know, I've had a long day. I'm really sorry. You know, for the most part, everybody has a job, but to constantly use work as your scapegoat for going deeper in a relationship or for making time and putting in effort into a relationship, it's no longer esteemable in our eyes. And we women will look at it as like, okay, maybe maybe he is so successful because he doesn't do relationships well. You know, men are very good at external accomplishments and finding solutions. But when it comes to, you know, intimate connections, that's something that like most men aren't very well trained on 
as opposed to us women. So that's a red flag in a sense. It's like, oh, wait, is he this successful because he doesn't know how to do this? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Have you ever experienced something like that personally? Yes. <laughs> can, you tell that, can you tell that story? Um, so I was, I will say, well, it's funny because I've had the exact opposite where I've dated a lot of guys who, you know, I've dated plenty of men who living at homes with their moms, no education, no job, no cars. Um, and the other excuse was I'm really stressed because I don't have a job or I'm looking for a job. Makes sense. Um, but in the other, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, one of my ex-boyfriends, super ambitious, multimillionaire, um, bought me gifts all the time to kind of shut me up whenever I was like, Hey, you don't make time for me. I see you like one day out of the week. And it was very like, Oh, you know, I'm stressed. You know that like, I don't, I don't have time. My job isn't like yours. Like I have to work hard. So it was very much like a, it was very much his identity as a man in regards to look at what I'm doing. I'm doing so great. And I have to work this hard and be this absent to be great as a man. So it was a little bit of a double-edged sword. And, you know, that was one of the many reasons we didn't work out because you know, you can say that in my opinion, like if you're younger in your twenties, thirties, you're building your career out. That's one thing I totally, I'm totally understanding of younger men who don't emotionally go there and are more focused on their career and their jobs. I, I'm totally for that. But if you're in your forties, fifties, you're well-established after a long time, that's when it becomes questionable. Yeah. I like it. Cool. What else? But okay. All right. I'm looking at the time, but I think this is going to be the last one. But this one, um, I love this one. So your relationship with your father. So a lot of guys know that, oh, no, women are going to look at how I treat my mom. But, you know, how you treat your mother is how you're probably going to treat a woman. But your relationship with your father is why you're going to treat that woman that way. Does that make sense? Yep. So a lot of studies they've done between the father-son dynamic. And I remember even when I was in grad school, um, we always used to talk about the most problematic relationship in a family is the father-son dynamic. Because you you are, it's not your mother where, you know, your mother is always going to be the woman who provides you food, sustenance. But your father, in a way, your father is this secondary role model where you learn how to be a partner. Does that make sense? Yep. Where, you know, a lot of guys, it depends. Like, I will look at a relationship and sorry, those are my two sons, aka a dog. <laughs> So I'll look at it. If I'll look at a relationship with a guy and his mother, and I'll be like, "Oh my God, he's so loving with his mother. He's so great." But then his father's been absent his whole life, and then I'm like, "Oh no, that's a red flag to me," because that's how you learn how to treat a woman or why you're treating her that way. Does that make sense? Yes. And also, yes, how you treat so not so not mom, not not you're saying specific the relationship with. With your dad, not not your yeah. mom. So I would say your relationship with your mom is how you are going to treat a woman, and your relationship with your dad is why you're going to treat her like that. Interesting. Can you dive a little deeper in there? This is, sounds interesting. 
Okay, I just want to ask, can you hear my dogs? I can. Okay, do you yes. need me to shut them up? Because I will. Okay, so oh. they stopped. They stopped. We did oh it. Oh, God. they kept going. I'm so sorry. Are you going to cut this out? I hope you do. Um, I don't know. I really like to just keep it in. Okay. I, I, I don't want You're the editor to touch like this part. I'm center in all my YouTube videos. So like if any of my subscribers listen to this, oh my God, here they are. Like, okay. It sounds like they've shut up. I don't want to... Okay, cool. Like then, then let's keep it in. Editor, keep it in. Right. Okay. So basically you're... A man looking at his father is looking at, you know, what he might be like down the line. You know, no man looks at his mother and is like, I'm going to grow up to look like this one day. You know, I'm going to look, I'm going to grow up to be like this. It's just not the same as a man looking at his father and thinking, I'm going to grow up to look like this man. I'm going to grow up to be like this man, whether or not he wants to. So when he sees this adult version of himself, and how he treats his mother or doesn't treat his mother, what he's doing is he's getting the modeled behavior for it. Right. Okay. As opposed to, you know, how would, you know, you look at how he treats his mother that way. What a lot of people don't understand is how did it come to be that way? Mm. I have a guy who, exactly. Yeah. So I have a, an ex-boyfriend, bless his heart. I remember meeting him and he, was so good to his mother, you know, loved her so much, kissed her so much, was always making sure, mom, do you have what you need? Like, are you eating? Are you taking your meds? Blah, blah, blah. And the longer we were together, I started to see that it was not so much, uh, I love my mother. I'm taking care of her because she's old. It was more so my father was absent. My mother was not the best mother. I'm now taking care of her. And our relationship started to become more so like that in the sense that like he's treating me like somebody he needs to take care of as opposed to an adult woman who is his partner. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So yeah, because of his father being so absent, I started to realize that's where it comes from. And they've done studies where they've come to find that a man's relationship with his father will somehow determine their relationship and their level of commitment and intimacy in the romantic relationships. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Which so you never really think of, you know? I feel like a lot of, they've, they've done a lot of, um, oh, you know, my father was a great worker in terms of like career path and, you know, becoming a man. But a lot of people don't really think about like, oh, how that's how my dad treated my father. Even if your dad was a shitty, shitty father and you're like, I'll never be that way. It's still going to influence you being the exact opposite of your father possibly. What if a guy who's listening doesn't have a good relationship with their father? Are you saying that's it? They're screwed. That's a red flag. They're not going to be able to attract women. Like what can a guy do with that? I mean, there's plenty of men out there who have horrible relationships with their fathers, but that awareness of it, like I said, their awareness of my father was really shitty to my mother. I'm aware that I never want to be that way. So I'm going to, you know, take a valiant effort in making sure I don't do that. I've come across plenty of men with awful relationships with their fathers, with awful fathers who were awful husbands, but it was in that awareness of knowing they didn't want to be like that, that they were able to come to some sort of crossroads where they can, you know, 
make sure they don't end up like dad, the way dad was with mom. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as they're aware of it right. and, 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 can, and can come at it at that angle, right. then that could help a lot. Exactly. But don't like lie, you know, don't get on the first day with the girl and go, you know, I just want to let you know, I have a great relationship with my dad. I mean, you could. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like saying that to you. You know, I just I want to let you know. Anyways, what are you, you know, ordering? Because you know what? I will say anytime, like I, and I feel so bad for all the guys I've gone on dates with throughout the years because, you know, somehow, and like, sometimes I have to like actively try to turn the therapist off in me. You know, sometimes we'll get into a conversation about dad and I will hear their relationship with their dad and that flag is exposed really early. Um, so yeah, for the guys listening, it's just the awareness is always the first step period awareness. And then deciding whether or not you do want to be different, deciding, you know, how far you're going to let it take you or how much you're going to let it stop you. Cool. I like it. I know we're coming up to some time here, but I really, these are just so good. Do you have one more you can share with us? Okay. This one is, <laughs> this one is a little, I feel like it could be done by both parties using the phrase, I never should have said anything or even having that feeling. I never should have said anything. And the reason I, I think it's more so a red flag for men is because men are less forthcoming about their true feelings and their true emotions. You know, it's still a little bit of a stigma for a man to be emotional or have an emotional breakdown. Women, we break down all day and it's fine. Everybody's like, oh my God, she's dramatic, whatever. But, you know, men aren't exactly forgiven for it. Um, So for a man to be forthcoming about like, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like your friends or I don't like your mom. I think it's always a commendable thing. And for any man to feel like, oh man, I shouldn't have been forthcoming with how I really feel. That to me is a red flag because it tells me, especially if he says it out loud, it tells me that he was already toying with the idea of not being honest. Mm, Okay. So yeah, maybe just be careful and and don't say things you think you're going to regret saying. Right. Or that as well. You know, we say a lot of things when we're angry, but, um, You know, if it's something that's really bothering you and it's something that, you know, you feel in your own right to be able to voice, if she flips out and you're like, oh man, I never should have said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like that's a red flag because you're not supposed to back down. You're supposed to be totally fine with everything you say. And unfortunately, a lot of men, you know, the strong silent type is more revered than the chatty Kathy guy, emotional guy type. But what I'm saying is, bro, let your feelings out. Let's do this. <laughs> cool. I like it. Do you do coaching? I kind of still do. It's on a very um, case-by-case basis. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us where guys can just get more information from you? Honestly, you guys could just check out my YouTube channel. I I do have a video coming with this same topic. There's more stuff. Um, look me up, Jessica J Dating, on YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Check her out. We'll put a link in the show notes. Jessica, thanks so much for being here and doing this. Really appreciate it. And I'd love to have you back on in the future talking about something else. I would love it too. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for listening, guys. 